Welcome, everyone, to Krypton to Alderaan, the podcast that has more midichlorians than Master Yoda. This is episode 14. I don't really know where to put it in. <laughs> 15th time's a charm. <laughs> uh, I'm Joey, and with me is Royce. Hello, podcast. And Robin. Hello. And we're Krypton to Alderaan, where we talk about all kinds of nerd pop culture, but it's mostly Star Wars. Hey, if you'd like to get in touch with us, reach out. We're on Twitter at Krypton Alderaan or via email at Krypton to Alderaan at gmail.com. This week, we're going to talk all about how the X-Men might fit into the MCU. We're going to go over the rumors surrounding the next phase of MCU movies that are coming out, and we might delve into a little bit of what we would like to see or how we would like to see the X-Men brought into the MCU. But before we get into all of that, let's get into what we've been into this week. So let's go to Robin. This week, I've been into Jedi Fallen Order because I believe we haven't podcasted since Valentine's Day, right? Right. Right. I think you had Fallen Order the last time we podcasted. Yeah. Potentially. I don't but think I was into it, though. Yes. You, you had <laughs> wasn't not, quite into it yet. This you had week, not played I am it. into it. Uh, it's pretty good so far. I don't think I'm crazy far into it. I'm on some kind of planet that looks like it's mostly islands or yeah, I cliffs. Love that one. Yeah. Uh, is that the Zepho? I think so, yeah. 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 Zepho Homeworld. Maybe the planet's called Zepho as well. Yeah. I haven't gone very far. I like got on the ship and went to like one place. Mm-hmm. And that's where I am currently. So far, I like it. I think it's pretty good. It's interesting. I like that it's completely different from the last two garbage games that Star Wars put out. Which were what? Battlefront 1 and 2. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> those were the last two games Star Wars put out. I thought those came out like 10 years ago. I was very excited for both of those games. I pre-ordered and got deluxe versions of both of those games, and I wasted a lot of money on those games. I'd re- I've tried to play Battlefront 2 recently. Yeah, we tried that yeah. a couple weeks ago. It wasn't very good. Yeah. Still can't get into it. Did you ever play Force Unleashed? Probably not. I'd be interested to see how Fallen Order turns out and compares to Force Unleashed. Maybe Joey would be a better... He would, because I'm pretty sure I never played that game. I've played them both. <laughs> and a sequel to one of them. And some are better than the others. The sequel's not good. <clears throat> Correct. <laughs> um, is that one called Force Released? <laughs> the Force is still unleashed. Yeah, still unleashed. I think it's just two. There's no subtitle. Yeah, it was just FU2. <laughs> oh, yeah, TFU2, right? Yeah, FU2. Yeah, yeah. and that's how all pretty the fans bad. felt when they played that game. That's how all the fans feel after most things Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Thanks for taking my money again. I'm sad now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those uh, those pre-orders were like 80 bucks a piece. They got a solid 160 bucks for me, and I played collectively probably less than 20 hours of both games. And in today's money, that's, that's like more. A, anyway, that's what I'm into. So, wait, I have more questions. <laughs> <laughs> how far was it? Between Battlefront 1 and Battle... Like, what What was the release? There was a long time in between, I right? Two, two years. I That's think it, it was two years, wow. yeah. Okay. Because I think Battlefront... The first Battlefront was, like, 2015. I think it was right before Force Awakens. Is it called Battlefront the first Battlefront? No. Oh. It's just Battlefront. Yeah. Uh, why do they <laughs> use the same names for those games? Battlefront and Battlefront 2? And then Battlefront and Battlefront 2? <laughs> yeah, that was definitely 2015, and then the second one was definitely 2017. Are there is there an that's original the Battlefront? Names. Battlefront, yeah. So maybe that's why I think there's a long gap in between games. The one for like PlayStation Two, yeah, that's Battlefront Two. Okay, we were like played in college. Yes, yeah. All right, so that's why I thought there was a super long time. In They're between. not related. I'm not hip. I don't know Star Wars. What even is Star Wars? I don't know. Apparently, right? it just kind of repeats itself. It's what. I think we said that last week. Oh, we're so smart. <laughs> we're Star Wars smart. <laughs> but you liking you're liking Jedi Order. I am, yeah. Please I'm- play more because I really want once once you finish, I think we should record ourselves talking about how we feel about that game. I'm, and I'm force okay it onto the Let's do a video, Star Wars yeah. video game cast. Yeah. Yeah. Because I Because we'll be in casts. So far I like it and I like that it seems different than most Star Wars content and it's interesting. It's holding my interest. I'm not like super hooked where like I'm obsessed with playing it yet but I think a little bit more and I probably will be I'll, I'll I'll air one grievance right now which is that whatever engine they use to create the graphics and the 
interaction with the world in the Uncharted video games they used in Jedi Fallen Order, Mm -hmm. which I think should mean that Jedi Order shouldn't be as weird and clunky as I felt that it was while playing it. It's like you get stuck in these weird situations and, and like, I don't know, I remember complaining about camera angles in video games for my entire life and I just don't think it should, especially Uncharted had like four times to get that right. And the, the video games got much better that way each time. And the fourth Uncharted is an incredible game, both in that respect and in story and gameplay. But anyway, so cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Jedi fall in order. Fall in order. What do you got, Royce? This week... I'm in to another podcast. Wow. I'm just going to give a shout out to another podcast that I like on my uh, commute to work, one of my many jobs. Mm -hmm. I listen to the URM podcast, the ultimate recording machine podcast. They interview like record producers, how they like produce records and their workflows and whatnot. And I'm into that. But this week they were interviewing a record producer named Matt Good, who also is from the band from first to last. But it was funny because this episode, they were talking about bands that are like, been around for a while and releasing new material and fans being like, give us, you know, stuff like the old material. And Matt Good related this back to Star Wars. And I thought it was awesome. He says, Star Wars is like a pretty wrapped present with nothing inside. (laughs) And it hit pretty hard. But they were talking about, you know, a band making an album that wasn't like what they actually would have created the first time around when they made their seminal album that everybody loved, but people want to see that again. And they're like, okay, we can kind of recreate maybe like the Sonics or like spoof it, but it's just going to like be that and nothing else, nothing tangible underneath it. It's It's not their art. It's, yeah, yeah. That's what they were getting at. There's like, there's no heart behind it. It's not really like an artistic thing. Heart without art. That's what I say. Always. But they were advocating for like artists grow. So mm-hmm. if you want to support an artist, like you got to be into new stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And like, there's these new movies and they like look so good. They're a pretty wrapped present. Nothing inside, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was kind of cold. Mm-hmm. But I think we all can relate to that. I think that's all we do here is relate to that. Here at Krypton to Alderaan. I kind of want that on like a motivational <laughs> poster or something. A demotivational poster. Man, should demotivational posters be a thing? Are they a thing? <laughs> they are a thing. Sure. It would definitely be a good meme. I think that really summarizes Star Wars in today's landscape, though. It's like, well, there's TIE fighters and sound effects, but like, is there really a lot there? There's Babu Frick. That's all you need. You know what? He really did come straight from the heart. Yeah. Right. You unwrap that present and uh, you know what a better analogy is? It's like a giant present that you unwrap and it's a little Babu Frick inside. Yeah. You open the bow and you open the top of the box and he goes, hey, hey. And you're like, I need nothing you else. You squash it because you get scared. <laughs> you think it's like, a what have I done? giant bug. Anyway, is that Baby Yoda merch out yet? Uh, some of it. I wouldn't mind a pretty wrap present with some Baby Yoda merch in it. There's going to be an animatronic Baby Yoda. Just saying. I think there is. That's how they made the show. But like a different animatronic (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, along the same vein of Star Wars fans not being happy with new Star Wars, I guess, what I'm into this week pretty heavily is a little while ago, Lucasfilm announced their plans for The High Republic, which will be a new, which will tell the story of a new era of Star Wars over various published content. That's fancy talk for books. Books, comic books. We might have other content coming out that will describe this in more detail. However, what I will say is we talk a lot of shit about Star Wars on this show and the Star Wars that we don't like, but this stuff actually looks like they're putting in an effort to like make new art, move away from everything that that has kind of been a crutch of making Star Wars to sort of setting it in a new setting it during a new time. It hasn't been touched on yet, is what I mean. So it's a history of the Jedi and the galaxy that we don't know. So they're like they've moved so far away from everything we know, so it's sort of a safe thing to touch and make new. And so as a Star Wars fan, I think it looks good. And Dude, so they're I'm putting a lot of effort that. in. That's for sure. There are a lot of creators. They're like all hanging out on Skywalker Ranch making this shit, which is a weird little part of that trailer. But also, so I will say, I do think Lucasfilm and Disney should have their shit together by now. Like I stayed up to watch the like 
official announcement that they said was going to happen at 10 o'clock and happen and it didn't happen until 11 o'clock and there was no live stream. You had to like keep up with the hashtag on Twitter to figure out was it was a mess. Do a better job. But other than that, it all looks good. I think it, I'm like, I'm excited for it. It was weird that it was a trailer for a book. Well, it was a series or whatever. Yeah, I think it's more introducing the new this new era of Star Wars. Like it, they, it was obviously a big publicity thing. They announced like the code name for it months ago, and now finally had the reveal. But the trailer was put out during this sort of mini conference that they had, but it wasn't live streamed. It was just sort of weird, chaotic, how do I keep up with what's happening and when? And then afterwards, the trailer, like the trailer, quote unquote trailer came out. I was kind of bummed that it turned out to be a book thing because I wasn't following it closely. But then I saw the trailer and you see like video footage. You think like, is this going to be like a game? Like I was kind of misled as to what it was in the moment watching it. And I was like, book, you don't do trailers (laughs) for books. Yeah, it was. That's very weird. Robin. Not weird? I've, or or epic. Like, is it awesome? Like, they're going to do a Harry Potter book, like, and there's a trailer for the book. I mean, why not? There's trailers for everything else. Yeah. It does make sense, I guess. It's just unexpected. Yeah. I think it's like a good, I, I think it's a good publicity thing. I hate that they started it with footage from Skywalker saga films. I think that's so dumb. Like they could have, like they they you gotta did hook it somehow. They did all of that and then showed the concept art after. Where if if they just had like text on screen with in a longer the, time ago, well, just blasts of the concept art instead of like the point of the whole thing is, I think, to be moving away from that series of films that and tra- one thirty year span of Star Wars history and tra- to introduce this new era that way. I think was a little bit silly, but whatever. But you're excited for it because it's different. I am, and it just looks good. You know what, everybody? Just stay tuned. You'll get a full breakdown from yeah, me Yeah, this is going to turn into a whole podcast itself. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's what we're into this week. How exciting Woo! for everyone. All right, let's get right into it. Let's talk all about the X-Men. Right? Man, that 90s cartoon was so good. Remember when the 90s cartoons were all so good superhero-wise? Yeah, I think that's where, like, our conversation that's about to occur is, for me, all my basis is going to come from X-Men, the animated series. Yeah. Certainly a heavy part of it is for me as well. But it's worth it. That was such a great show. If they did, like, an actual orchestrated version of that theme song in an X-Men movie... This, I don't think it's been in an X-Men movie. No. That would be so badass. But that's what they did with Spider-Man. Like, they still what's use the, the composer, theme? Michael... Michael Giacchino? Yeah. So for Homecoming, the original Spider-Man theme was like part of the... Like he 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 blended it with the Avengers theme. Right. And it was great. And it I was. like they could do the same thing with the that X-Men theme that everyone loves. Dude, people would light up. Yeah. So... I think to start off the conversation, because X-Men movies have been such a shit show for such a long time, like no two movies directly connect. And then they did Days of Future Past, which even further disconnects everything. And then there's alternate timeline. But anyway, we'll continue down the shit show road. Let's talk about New Mutants, which for anyone who's been paying attention, I'm sorry, but... Trailer 1 came out in 2017. Trailer 2 came out last month. It is it's Standard 2020 practice. for anyone listening. Standard practice for any shit show. <sighs> so, okay, New Mutants. Designed as this horror movie with mutants, written and directed by Josh Boone, who doesn't really have all that much of a filmography for directing. He's done a couple of things. The Fault in Our Stars. I think people liked that. I don't know. It's Anyway, hmm. so... There were rumors that there were reshoots. I mean, why would it have taken three years? The production was supposed to wrap up and it was supposed to come out in 2018 and then it got pushed and now now we're here and it's coming out in April. So we watched both trailers before recording this podcast in order to see if we could tell if there were actually reshoots because there were rumored to be reshoots. But then when when this trailer dropped, the creative team and the actors came out and said, well, there were never any reshoots. We were just sort of completing the vision of the film, which I don't think is 100% accurate. But from watching the trailer, what do you think, Robin? From the trailers, sorry, three years apart. 
Uh, I didn't notice anything. Everything looked, I mean, they were obviously used slightly different scenes and they were like cut a little bit different, but I didn't notice anything that I was like, oh, you guys totally did reshoots. So it's completely different. Yeah. Do you notice anything? So what's interesting is that last recording we talked about uh, the music that's used and how everything's a cover mm-hmm. of a classic yeah, rock yeah. song. So yeah, it's the both, same song. Do you both want to touch on that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you had three years to improve the trailer or two and a half years, I guess. Yeah. But kind of silly that the same songs that it. I don't know if Logan did that. It leaned really hard on Johnny Cash. Hurt. Hurt whatever. Uh, I was trying to nine inch nails. Think of the. Uh, the lyric you could have it all <laughs> so i guess they're really leaning into that we don't need no edge no one saw the first trailer is what that tells me that they don't need to change it that they're going to keep it the same because it's a, everyone forgot about it it was two and a half years ago there's no characters in it that you've ever heard of that you care about so i'm sure this is where the conversation is going to go nobody cares about this movie i don't think there were crazy reshoots it looks pretty much the same the only thing I would imagine is if they wanted to, like, cleanse something that didn't fit with some other MCU thing, if they were going to tie in any of these people. But it seems to be so segmented that it doesn't matter. Like, Wolverine's not in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So who cares? And I'm just coming to the revelation now that I don't care. <laughs> wow. Change breaking the music. news. <laughs> they, like, the shit rolls downhill. Yeah. So, meh. But the second trailer is definitely better than the first one. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's what I got. What do you think, Joe? Um, I have so many thoughts about this. <sighs> Having been disappointed in X-Men movies, there were there were a couple of good ones. For 20 years? I, like, I really like X2. There's a really weird scene in X2 where Nightcrawler is going to vamp into a an area. But before he does, the camera shows us that area, and you can clearly see him there. Like it was a weird. Yeah, he was already in the. He shadow. was already there, yeah. and it's like you didn't catch that in post. Yeah, just you just take that scene. There's wires out. and stuff too. It's, there's a lot of wacky stuff in that. So anyway, I really X two is kind it. of the good one of the early X. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> and uh, I really really like Days of Future Past, but these trailers look very appealing to me. I really like horror movies. I really like sort of the blending of these genres. Like it looks like a, you know, a horror movie with mutants, Nightmare on Elm Street, sort of yeah. whatever style. But we're now in this post Disney buying Sony world where this movie does not matter. If it would have come out a few years ago before they bought, before Disney bought Sony, great. I still, you know, it, it still wouldn't have mattered. But right now, like, I don't know why they pushed it off. Maybe it was because of the deal, the whole deal working out, but you could have scrapped it. I I understand that like Josh Boone had a vision and uh, there are creative elements in play and the artists want to make their art, but you could have scrapped this way back then and made a movie that can tie into the MCU, made a mutant X-Men movie that can tie into the MCU. This movie won't. So it'll come out in April and it might be great, but it still won't matter. Is that what X-Men has become? Like, Logan, the last Hugh Jackman Wolverine movie, didn't matter. Like, it was done either way. And it was great. I like it more and more the more I think about it. So, is that what this has become? Like, it, will it be good but not matter? Or whatever. I don't, I, I don't they I have, lost my point there. They have a movie made, so they're going to put it out. I don't think that you just shelf it and say, no, but oh, we're you, not going to put it out since it doesn't matter, so we're not going to put it out. They're, of course, going to put it out and try to recoup a cost or make a profit. Right, but you could have scrapped it before you finished it or back— but in 2017, it looks pretty done to me well, based on the trailer. I, the production was supposed—it it was supposed to come out in 2018, so it might have been close to done, but— It's just weird that it didn't come out. If it doesn't matter, why didn't it come out? Yeah. So if they reshot things, does that make it tie into anything? But well, I, I don't think know it will any not, of these characters, It will not tie though. into the MCU. What do you think? I mean, will you see it? Do you think it looks good? What's your opinion on it? I think it looks awesome. I wish it wasn't with uh, Jonathan Byers and Arya Stark. (laughs) I could do without that. Like, I wish it was just a bunch of actors I didn't know. Game of Stranger Things. Game of Strange Things, yeah. I I could do without that, Mm -hmm. but I think it looks really cool. I kind of just want X-Men to, like, not ever tie in to Marvel because it already doesn't. So just keep going with it. Don't ever tie it in. 
and just leave it be, and you can have it be what it is. X-Men's like pretty that's expansive your answer, on its own. That's your answer to a segment that's going to happen later, Robin. So <laughs> shelf, it. shelf it. Wait I'll three years. That. <laughs> it's so I, funny. I mean, I think it looks really good, and I'm interested in it, and I am definitely going to go see it, but... Definitely. Yeah. I These think, are strong words for Robin. I think it looks really good, and I like the music that they chose because it's really creepy. Huh. And... I was just like, why couldn't you just use the Pink Floyd version of the song? Because this is way creepier. And if you're trying if you, to why make didn't it they creepy, use for Elise? <laughs> why didn't they use We Will Rock You? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it looks cool. So one thing that was in the second trailer, there's obviously some kind of villain in that hospital that they're whatever that thing is that they're in it looks a little bit like one big cgi cloud monster which comic book movies have gotten trapped in for Mm. many many years and i just don't want that just like please don't let it be one big cgi blob monster villain dormammu that's all uh dormammu parallax the list goes on and on (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, I'll go see it. You want to go see it? Yeah. Let's go see yeah. it. I like I a think good it looks horror great. movie. The whole like Arkham Asylum, Insane Asylum thing like creeps me out big time. Yeah, but it, it looks really good. And I like that it looks different than a lot of other movies, especially other X-Men movies. Way different than other X-Men movies yeah, for sure. for sure. And I'm a big fan that there's no Hugh Jackman. That's awesome. Two I- thumbs up. It seems disconnected from the rest of the X-Men universe. Like, MCU, definitely disconnected. X-Men universe, like, is someone in it going to mention some other X-Men event? Probably not. They'll probably be like, I heard of this school in upstate New York. Yeah. That's what they'll do. That'll be it. So since it's New Mutants, is it supposed to be like post- Wolverine, like new. It's a new generation. I'm not sure what the timeline is on it, but like the new mutants in in comic book form and and it looks like it's just sort of a new generation of, younger generation of mutants. So it's post, you know, X-Men. So have you read the comics? I have not. Okay. Because my next question was going to be, do they ever mention other X-Men in the comics? Oh yeah. I think that it ties in, you know, various points in new mutants comic books tie in with you know, X-Men or whatever. Some of the new mutants might go on to be X-Men and stuff like that. That makes sense. But I think that this was going to be an effort to detach from those because we had gotten one bad Dark Phoenix movie and then a bad Apocalypse movie. It was definitely before, yeah, so it was before the second bad Dark Phoenix movie, but still, I think they were trying to detach from sort of the bad X-Men movies. What I think would be cool, and I don't know, I haven't looked into the plot of this movie enough to know if it's known where they are. But I think it might be cool to tie in, just go all out because it doesn't, it wouldn't have mattered by the time they were finishing up the movie and make the villain something like a Mr. Sinister because we know that he liked to experiment on mutants and it could be like the Essex mental hospital or research facility or something and Mr. Sinister could be the big bad. Hmm. I think that would be- He was a post credit scene- for something. Yeah, in one of the, it must have been one of the McAvoy X-Men yeah. movies. It was either him, but he was human, or it was someone who worked for him. It was an the Essex briefcase, thing, yeah. The briefcase says Essex or something. Yeah, I remember that. But So I think that would be a cool thing to do. And Something may- has to tie in. Is that the movie where it ends and they show the briefcase and there's like vials in it yes. or something? Yes. Yeah. I do remember that. I don't remember what, what movie were those vials? Was. Oh, so that must have been the end of Days of Future Past. Because they were like blue vials or something, right? It it must have been Mystique's Mystique's. blood or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so New Mutants. We'll see it, but it doesn't matter. Is that the tagline? (laughs) Yeah. Is that our tagline for it? I think that's the subtitle of the film, actually. (laughs) Come and see it, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Because they're just going to introduce X-Men. Where the mutants are made up and the plot don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are... You know what I like about us? We're funny and we're Star Wars smart. <laughs> and we wrap it all up in a tight 75 minutes. <laughs> all right. So it doesn't matter because they will be introducing X-Men into the MCU somehow. Boo. I'm sorry, Robin. But Boo. there's, at this point, we wanted to get out ahead of the news. Uh, now, at this point, there are several rumors as to how they're going to introduce X-Men into mm. the MCU. And I think we can all speculate a little bit. We've got two things that it would sort of make sense 
to pull in and a third thing that's a rumor, so I guess it might actually happen. So let's start with Doctor Strange, which is set to come out May of 2021. They've just had a bunch of director problems. Scott Derrickson, who was directing it, left because of creative differences, which means that Disney told him to get out, which I find a little weird because he directed the first one and Thor Ragnarok was allowed to be made. So, like, how weird could Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness have been for you to be like, what you think doesn't line up with what we think, so get out. Yeah. Anyway, so I think there's potential there. There's rumors and potential there for X-Men introduction, because in the movie, Doctor Strange will be hopping around the multiverse. So we don't have sort of any clear lead on what X-Men will be introduced. But I think it would make sense, you know, if he's... Bouncing around the multiverse, he just happens upon some X-Men. I will say what would probably happen in that scenario is that uh, he would, like, bump into a Patrick Stewart Professor X in some alternate reality, and they would have, like, a little back and forth, and then he'd, like, go and try to find the Professor X of his Earth or whatever. But... I guess there is a rumor that he would, the events of Doctor Strange in the multiverse would push Doctor Strange towards forming, sorry if there are conspiracy theorists listening to this podcast, (laughs) forming a group that exists within the Marvel comic book universe called the Illuminati, which is this like high level group of superpowered beings that oversee things and control aspects of what goes on and blah, 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 Illuminati stuff, which I think would be interesting. Like, Professor X is a member of the Illuminati. Hmm. So that could be an introduction as well. So Strange is coming out in 2021. It could be a path with him going around to the multiverse. It could be a path for the Illuminati. We don't know. The second option is probably, we should all say, of course, WandaVision. Scarlet Witch, canonically, is a mutant. Now, in the MCU, she's not because she was made that way by one of the Infinity Stones. But... WandaVision is obviously going to be this sort of very heady universe-breaking show where she's changing reality in order to live with the vision. So also opportunity there to, like Doctor Strange, bring in multiversal components, some of which may be the X-Men. With WandaVision, there's no real rumor as to who it would be. There's discussion that, like, there's a scene in the trailer with two kids. She and the Vision have kids, and they could be mutants. So that's also an option. A third option is Captain Marvel 2, which doesn't have a release date. There's very little known about it, but but a rumor came out last week or a couple of weeks ago, whenever. A rumor recently came out that the mutant Rogue would be introduced in Captain Marvel as the villain. Now, Rogue's origin story is much different than the first X-Men movie. She was in the Brotherhood of Mutants as a villain, and then I think she... Like, in the X-Men cartoon, she can fly and sort of has abilities along with her sort of... She's super strong, right? Yeah, so and she sort of has abilities aside from her baseline ability to absorb people's powers. Mm. And I think she got that super strength from taking power from mm-hmm. Captain Marvel. Mm. So the difference was that it kind of stuck with her, I guess, because maybe of her Kree blood, like her Kree, whatever, genetics. Um, So anyway, that could be a really interesting way to go and maybe Mm. a little more true to sort of the comic book origin of the character. And then also last week, uh, it just got too much traction, unfortunately, that Henry Cavill might be in Captain Marvel as Wolverine. Yeah. So... Let's talk about each one of those things, and let's talk about how much we wouldn't like to see Henry Cavill as Wolverine. Well, they got to retire Wolverine. Just, or not retire, but at least know Wolverine for a little bit. Bring Laura from Logan. Sure. Just bring her in. It would make Logan sort of canon to the MCU, which would be awesome, because I love that movie. And it would, like, you'd have a female Wolverine. She's badass. She's got just some of the best comic books to read. All you got to do is sit there and read them and just bring her in. This is the next generation of Wolverine. Don't cast any guy as Wolverine. Just bring in... Especially one that just played Superman. X-23? What was... What's... X-23. That's her. Yeah. Yeah. What's he? Weapon X? Yes. Okay. Great. We got it. Especially one that just played... He's also a giant... Like, he's not he's a short, too, yeah. stocky well, Wolverine Hugh Jackman's also pretty tall. Yeah, I know. So either cast it right or bring in X-23. 
So anyway, w- go ahead. Let's start. Would you rather see like a Danny DeVito playing Wolverine? I mean, I think that would be funny. It could be like a <laughs> Snickers commercial. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. It would be too comical. Yeah. Like but it I- might be more suited to the true nature of the character. <laughs> and and if that's where it started, it would have been great, but it's not where it started. But like s- everyone expects like hunky guy now. But see, I'd still rather see Danny DeVito than Henry Cavill. I just don't think it works. And he's already a superhero and my feet are getting hot. So I'm taking off my shoes and either Royce has to edit this or he's leaving it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's a horrible idea. Henry Cavill shouldn't be X-Men. No. Any X-Men. I just think of them CGI his mustache out. God, I caught a, I caught so silliness. I caught some scenes of that somewhere. I must have been at the at my local new brewery, Two Villains Brewery in Nyad, New York. Go check it out. It's comic book themed. It's also right next to the comic book store. So check that out as well. Buy some X23 comics. They're really good. She's a great character. Um I remember in the like 90s and early 2000s uh there was an uproar from fans to have Glenn Danzig cast as Wolverine. He's too old now. He's much too old now. <laughs> that would have been very awesome 20 something years ago yeah. though. Well, it's you know what's too bad is that Wolverine became the spokesperson for X-Men and not any other X-Men. Well, yeah. Like like, Mag- like Ian McKellen as Magneto, Patrick Stewart as Xavier are pretty cool, but no one ever built up any other X-Men to be like, "Oh, I love that X-Man." It's mm-hmm. you know, it's Professor X, Magneto, Wolverine. No one cares about anybody else in the X-Men. No. It's not like Cyclops was an actual like badass leader of the team. How like horrible a, was that? What a horrible... Anyway, go ahead. That's that's all I'm saying. It's yeah. like we could be talking about Cyclops being in Captain Marvel, but everyone's like Wolverine and he's just so overplayed. I think Hugh Jackman did a good job with Wolverine. I don't. I have no qualms with him as Wolverine in any of the movies. I think he did a great job. But it obviously leaned really heavy on Wolverine, the entire X-Men universe. But don't bring him back in. It's got to be something more fresh. The rogue thing sounds kind of cool. Yeah. No, I think you have to start fresh. I think X-23 would be a good way. Don't do too much. Assemble the team. Introduce, like, like this is hopefully going to happen. Introduce one or two in a movie. Like, if you put them in Captain Marvel, have the Brotherhood of Mutants. What if X-23 shows up in New Mutants and breaks them all out? I don't... And that's that. their introduction to the MCU. <laughs> because they're not going to introduce it. So then I'd be like, oh, I guess she's not going to be in there. I really like the casting of the early aughts X-Men movies. But you're talking, dude, it's a nostalgia thing, man. It's 20 years ago. I also really like the casting of the new ones for the most part. You're talking like first class and onwards? Yeah. I like those much better. I you think, haven't seen the other ones. I've seen parts of them, though. And they, like Days of Future Past has both casts in it, right? Isn't that the one yes. that has Ian yeah. McKellen? Yeah. And I think, um, what's his name? Is that Michael Fassbender? Yeah. I like him much oh, better as Magneto. Great. I think he's fantastic. And I think James McAvoy is a better Professor X. Like the younger versions of them, I think are much cooler. And I think they do a better job. I don't like James McAvoy as much. I love James McAvoy. He's a little sassy. Yeah, I like that. Professor X isn't sassy, though. Professor X isn't sassy once he's bald and 100 years old and in a wheelchair. He's uh, always doing this. Yeah. yeah Everyone yeah, listening, yeah. I put my fingers to my temple. <laughs> you don't, do you have to do this to activate your mental powers? Yes. No, I don't think that you do. <laughs> I'm thinking, pretty sure thinking. you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh... But what about Doctor Strange? I think that's probably the most interesting avenue for the X-Men to fit in because it it could be the most, like, fun way to introduce them rather than, like, shoehorning them into the next film that's coming out, even if Strange is, like, one of the next ones. He can jump through time. He's got the time stone or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, he shows up in another X-Men movie. And, you know, it can play into... I know you don't like how they talk about the third one's not the good movie and they kind of break the fourth wall mm-hmm. in Apocalypse. But that could be kind of fun if he time travels and shows up in another X-Men film and some writer figures out how to make that play uh, satisfyingly, mm-hmm. you know? And you're like, oh, yeah, I like what they did there. I can't believe it. My mind is being blown right now. You know, like with Star Wars High Republic... You got a million writers working on the stupid book series. Like, 
Can you just like- <laughs> You just hate books. But can you send a Facebook <laughs> message to like all your writer friends and be like, anyone got a good idea for this? Someone will have a good idea. And then you can tie the X-Men in with Doctor Strange because he can jump through time. Yeah. And there's some scene somewhere, some plot line somewhere. What if all it is, is in Doctor Strange, he's jumping through time and he accidentally pops into like- Xavier's school and it's just like oh oops my bad and that's it and they're like and the X-Men are now in the MCU no get <laughs> out of here like he doesn't even talk to him he's just like my bad I'm leaving see that would have been great <laughs> if that happened already but that might be all they do they're like it's all hyped up and they like doing stuff like that where you're like I thought this was gonna be a big deal but that's an end credit scene what if that's all it is it'd be a fun thing to do with Deadpool yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a little bit campy I'm not against it, but it has to be in the right context. I suppose, uh, you know, I just don't know if this is also a rumor or not, if it, if it, if Deadpool factors into this. I mean, they would never, they would never and should never recast that. No. And remove those movies from sort of canon, what would be canon now in the MCU. But an introduction of Deadpool using one of these TV shows or movies would not happen with WandaVision. The only avenue for it to happen would be with, Doctor Strange, because they wouldn't do that in WandaVision or Captain Marvel. Yeah. You have to introduce the X-Men with some kind of large event, similar to like the Avengers where they're like, New York City is under attack. So much stuff has happened in the Fox X-Men universe that like it just would never fit with the MCU because you'd be like, where were all of the other superheroes when all this other crazy stuff is going on? Like Apocalypse? That's a little nuts where he's like destroying cities or whatever. Well, there was also the Battle of New York and all the shit with Thanos. Right. So you had the Battle of New York. And, and the X-Men are in upstate New York, right? X-Men didn't show yeah. up. Fantastic Four live right downtown and they yeah. didn't show up. So I really thought that with the snap that that's how they would rectify all of this. Like whoever undid the snap would undo it, but sort of not really have figured out how to do it. So by undoing Thanos' snap, they would have brought these characters in. Right. But I don't, I guess I don't know if that, it still could have happened or whatever, but uh, I guess that might be an introduction as well. I don't know. Robin said just like keep it separate and I would be okay with that because there's enough X-Men, just like there are enough like, Marvel superheroes, period, that they can kind of live on their own. Like, we saw a standalone Logan movie. Yep. So we've kind of already proved that with X-Men, that that's an okay thing you could do. Now they're doing New Mutants. That's like a total offshoot. Mm -hmm. Marvel Universe has plenty of other superheroes. X-Men is, like, so dense on its own. It's not just uh, pick any random Marvel character and give their backstory. Like, there are so many X-Men individual characters mm -hmm. as well. It's not like there's one X-Man. Yeah, but if you don't combine it, then can you sell as much merch as you could huh. when you do combine it? Robin, I've never been more in love <laughs> than I <laughs> That's all I think Yeah, no, that's what it this. is. Yeah. Well, and also just because... If you're Disney and you have these properties, you're like, they're from the same house. It'd be like, how do we get Han Solo back in the High Republic? Like, you have to merge all the stuff. It you makes don't no have to, though. Well, you just said. But to sell the merch, yes, you have to. I think a cinema, they're going to be creating the next stages of the cinematic universe. So I think they have to introduce the characters into an existing Well, they redid Spider-Man. Right. But Spider-Man's first appearance was in Captain America Civil War. Right. But, it, and that was like a, you know, they dipped the toe. Right. Then that's, they did... that's all they'll do with this. They'll have Rogue and- he, in... he was in uh, Avengers, one of the games, beginning game, not end game. Or was he in end game? He was in end He was in both. Yeah. Right. He, so he was they, there. They tied him in, but they, so they had him in Civil War and then they had Homecoming and then he was in Infinity War and Infinity Endgame. Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what they did was they introduced him. He had like 15 minutes in Civil War and then he got his own movie. That's all they'll do here. They'll put Rogue in Captain Marvel or someone in Doctor Strange and then they'll have an X-Men movie or a Mutants movie or whatever. So I think they also have to justify why no one showed up to help during any of these other things. So they'll have to have come from another dimension or another world or something. Yeah, they just didn't live in the other dimension. The snap did something or doctors or Wanda rips a hole in reality and stuff starts changing. Okay, sure, or, so we didn't go to WandaVision. Or Wanda, so I seamlessly transitioned there because I am a professional. <laughs> what a professional. 
He's Wanda, such a professional. Wanda rips a hole in reality and someone like Galactus notices and sends the Silver Surfer. That would be amazing. So there's that as well. And then you have like big X-Men villains coming in and then you get the X-Men. Boom, bada boom. That's what, you know, there's a storyboard. But why do they need to explain why no one showed up to help? Why couldn't it just be like, well, because the Fantastic Four were on vacation and they were in Australia and so Because they they're home. superheroes. They weren't home. <laughs> well, there's so many superheroes. Yeah, no, you can't. Everyone lives in New York. All the superheroes in the Marvel universe live in New York. No one showed up for the Battle of New York. Because they weren't home. Mm. They were all on vacation. It was a great package deal. They all went on vacation together. They went on a cruise ship and they all got quarantined. Was so they Reed couldn't Richards be there. and Sue Storm's honeymoon. Exactly. What do you think about that, Royce? Well, it's it only applies when you're trying to make this like universe thing work. So you can't ask questions like that and have it work because then you'll just never be ahead of the game. Like, well, what was Wolverine doing? He would have been there. He always helps out a brother. Like, it you just can't can't think about that too hard. So well, I think you're right. Maybe they just weren't there the whole time. If if I'm Kevin Feige and the entire writing staff behind Disney and the MCU, how do we fit them in? They weren't there the whole time. And and you're right. I think the snap makes sense. Like, oh, they're just all of a sudden there. Now they're starting to show up because we no one messes with time. Mm-hmm. I feel messed with time. It's a little Rick and Morty joke for you Rick and Morty fans. Anyway. We make at least one an episode. Doing my best. So even if they do introduce Rogue in Captain Marvel, it still doesn't answer the question of where was everybody, which is my, which is going to be my question, whether they were on vacation. There's a lot of people <laughs> in, at Xavier's school to all be on vacation. It was spring break and they were traveling abroad. <laughs> you know, they didn't make, they, you just saw that they didn't exist. But then how does Rogue get into Captain Marvel? She doesn't. She manifests during that time period. The mutants haven't shown up yet. But it's all going to have to be established. It can't be starting from scratch. Maybe it does, though. Because who... I can't remember who already brought this up. It was some YouTube channel that I watch. What culture or screen rant or screen junkies or junkie culture... One of those. Junkie culture. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a great... Taking a hard stance here on drugs right now. (laughs) But somebody said they were like, the whole Xavier Magneto thing has been like overplayed. You can't do that again in the MCU. Totally got. But that's really powerful. And Magneto being like, you know, a Holocaust survivor. Yeah. You know, but we're so far into the future that that would be ridiculous. No, no, I've got it. So is Xavier... You know, and, and them born in the 90s, you know? You just have that same scene a third time <laughs> with him breaking the gate, you know? Third you time's a charm. You remember what they did in the first X-Men movie? And I like that. Also, yeah, they've used it twice. It's worked both times. You know what? Bring back Kevin Bacon. <sighs> <laughs> but I love that backstory for Magneto, but yeah, it's, it's not going to work in an MCU set in 2020. It will if they... Bring them in from another reality. I'm confused. (laughs) There's also talks that Kevin Feige has talked with Patrick Stewart about reprising the role to some degree. Now, that makes me think that Doctor Strange is going to mistakenly go to the Sony X-Meniverse and meet Professor X. Right. They said that was a long meeting, whatever it was that they talked for a very long time. Xavier is a super cool person from the X-Men films. Patrick Stewart is a badass. Doctor Strange runs into Xavier and Xavier tells him, go here and then and there and... Hold on, I'll help you. I'm putting my hand to my head. (laughs) Yeah, and he gives him some advice and Strange is like, all right, cool. So then is this just going to be completely discounting anything that happened in Logan? Yes. It's going that to be completely be, discounting uh, anything that yeah. I mean if they bounce if Doctor Strange bounces into that universe then I guess it would technically be part of the MCU. I mean it, they could also do an old man Logan thing where they snatch Wolverine out of time and bring him to the yeah. different earth. So Wolverine is like mad old. So I would think he'd have the most flexibility if you're going to grab someone out of time. Yeah, that's why they could shoot him through time. Yeah, right? Or whatever. That makes sense. (laughs) So 
but then I don't want to lean on Wolverine. So no. why would it be it's him? It's made out of metal, though, so very reliable to lean on, unless there's a thunderstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that funny? That bit. remarkable metal doesn't run through your entire exoskeleton, does it? Whatever exoskeleton. I don't know. It's a dumb scene. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those scenes are dumb. Maybe it could be all three, you know? Xavier tells him to find Wolverine. Wolverine's like a big cunt, and then Wolverine isn't there for more than a second because he's only good for a cameo like that, and then they go find Rogue, and Captain Marvel begins afterwards. Sure. I don't like any of that. I, I haven't really thought it out. <laughs> <laughs> if Disney came to us and was like, how would you like to see it done? What would we say? I think you've I think you've answered already, Robin. I've, I pretty much answered, but I... I think I have a different slash longer answer. Okay. We want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. This is the format for different longer answers. I mean, this is our different longer answer segment. Different longer answers. (laughs) We're your hosts. I'm Joey, and with me is Royce. (laughs) You can reach out to us on Twitter at different longer answers. Uh huh. Um, I mean, I still think it would be funny if he, like, accidentally goes to the school and, like, interrupts a class or something. Mm -hmm. But I think it would also be funny if he goes to the school, whether it's on purpose or not, and is like, oh, I need you. You're, like, the only person who can help with whatever crisis is going on. And he, like, grabs, you know, a handful of (laughs) X-Men and (laughs) just scoops them up and brings them back. You're the only person that can help me. Handful. (laughs) So, so someone's like, we need a mind reader. And they're like, the only person I knew that could read minds was uh, this guy back in Westchester. Right. And they, I mean, if he's going through time and can go to any time, he can do old Professor X or he can do young Professor X. And yep. then that solves the issue where you're like, well, what are they born in the 90s? No, he could just go back to the 70s and bring them to present day. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. And then he goes and he gets Lou Ferrigno and he gets the other guy and the other other guy and he just takes all of the different timelines of all of the Marvel properties and everyone lives happily ever after. That would be a really, Hakuna Matata. That would be a really funny thing to do for him to bounce into those realities. Lou Ferrigno Hulk, Edward Norton Hulk, Eric Bana Hulk. Oh my gosh. Uh, There's four Hulks? All, yep. all 45 Hulks. <laughs> uh... Yeah, that'd be funny. Shows yeah. up in a DC. I was just going to say, he goes too far, and he's like, where the hell am I? And they're like, you're in Metropolis. That's the place, right? Yep. What a dumb name. <laughs> you're in Farmtown. I mean, Smallville. It's even. It's still stupid. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so do you have a... What's your answer, Royce? Well... Man, I don't want to be a cynic, but I do, Robin, I think you're right that it's best separate. Leave X-Men alone. Yeah. (laughs) Leave X-Men alone. I think it's strong (laughs) enough to be its own thing. Like if if X Men wanted to divorce from Marvel, it, like it could do it. And it just still... got there. You're right. Hollywood relationships never last. Just... <laughs> it just got there. <laughs> <laughs> just annul the whole thing and carry on with your life. It hasn't been great on its own, but it's it's been under a different studio, right? So yeah. it's kind of unfair to judge it at the same scale that you're going to judge the MCU. I'm sorry. Have I been saying Sony this whole time? God. <sighs> I was going to say something, but I didn't know. 20th Century Fox. Dis- the whole Disney time. Disney bought 20th Century Fox. Can you edit me saying 20th Century Fox to everywhere I have said Sony previously? No, uh, no I don't think that's how editing <laughs> works, unfortunately. <laughs> Can't go back. No, just do a voiceover. <laughs> Every time I'm like, the the Disney 20th Century Fox. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, I'm sorry for everyone who's made it this far. I'm I know you it's not Sony. It's 20th Century Fox. Well, but you were mentioned in Spider-Man, so I think you were I got getting confused. You know, 3 beers in and sure. Sony just rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> also, Disney does buy Sony and then they have Spider-Man and everyone's under one roof and then right. they buy everything it's else. Get, it's getting there. I'm sure they'll buy it eventually. So, I forgot exactly where we left off. Sorry. But they can be they can be separate on their own. You can't judge it just like you judge the MCU, they've been trying to do their own X-Men universe. They're just not doing a great job. Uh, but now they're under Disney. So like you said, they're inevitably going to put them together, Robin, so they can do the merch. They have to fit into the universe somehow. 
How do they do it? I don't think I have a way that makes 100% sense. But if Doctor Strange can travel through time and universes, they do a little bit of time travel stuff in Days of Future Past. So a lot of it. I think that would be the best opportunity to wedge something in because that's what changes a bunch of stuff in the X-Men universe and like retroactively changes some stuff. Yep. It's got the most room for interpretation. So if I was going to superimpose Doctor Strange into a movie, that would probably be the movie because it's got both eras of X-Men casting. So it's flexible. Yeah. So that's also, I think you touched on something also important because again- I mean, I haven't read a ton of X-Men comics, so most of what we're saying is based off of the TV show, the cartoon. But in the cartoon, time travel's a big part, and it keeps changing stuff. Cable and whatnot, right? And they've changed time in Endgame. Now, they said, like, they'd put the stones back so it wouldn't affect the future. Mm. They could have, like, consequences, and they could just show up and, like, the X-Men are there, and people could be like, whatever Avenger could be like, that wasn't there before, and someone else could be like, what are you talking about? That was always there. Or something like that because of the time travel they already did. Dude, if you're Kevin Feige or other, like, crucial producer, writer, staff people where you're, like, curating the universe, right? How do you fall asleep at night? with all these hanging chads that you're like, I gotta go to work tomorrow and figure out how the X-Men fit in this damn thing. And know that, like, we have already just posed a bunch of different ways that things could happen, and you gotta figure out a way that's gonna appease a large fandom. Oh, my God, like, that's stressful. That's so stressful. You're like, I could do it this way, but we could do it this way. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta have a team. I mean, you gotta have a big team of people just doing what we're doing. I, dude, Until I you find it. a story that like links up. Dude, we worry about like, is the podcast good enough? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? It's that, but scaled up. It's the same. <laughs> the, the, How do we sleep at night? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> All right, here's my pitch. Are you done with your pitch? Uh, Let's see, yeah. Strange and Days of Future Past. That's the best bet, yeah. All right, here's my thing. Doctor Strange is traveling around the multiverse and he winds up on set of Terminator Salvation and Christian Bale's like, what are you doing? And Doctor Strange is like, I was checking out the lights. (laughs) (laughs) Is that anything? Robin, are we going to have to insert a laugh track? Oh my God. (laughs) I I like the rogue idea in for Captain Marvel and you could just like, have these very strong female superheroes in this movie. Yeah, I was going to say something Rogue, that effect, yeah. Rogue, like, takes part of Captain Marvel's powers, and then that plus her relationship with Captain Marvel turns her good, and the hero's journey continues for Rogue from there, and then maybe Rogue could lead us into... Is it a new Rogue? I, you know, who knows? I mean, I think that they would recast. They should recast it all. At this point. I mean, we're starting from scratch. Let's just recast. You can have Patrick Stewart and James McAvoy and all these people sort of make cameos in a situation like Doctor Strange where he's bouncing around from realities and times. But in Earth 616, which is where the MCU is set, you have have a new cast, a literal new cast of characters. If a new rogue could lead us into a new sort of cinematic generation of X-Men, I think that would be a really good way to do it. I think my ideal comic booky way to do it would be through WandaVision. And that and Doctor Strange might go through WandaVision if she's doing something that sort of tears a hole in reality and it's his job to kind of like fix it because he's protecting everything. But if she tears a hole in reality and something like the Silver Surfer who's in tune with that kind of thing shows up, I think that A, that would be a really awesome, I don't want to say fringe, but sort of not really that well-tapped superhero character into the MCU. And then subsequent of that, everything that goes with it, Galactus, the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, If the Silver Surfer comes through whatever tear in space and time is created and either the X-Men or the Fantastic Four are on his trail because he's an agent of Galactus, then you set all of that up at once and then you can make a movie based off of that. Like, that could be the next villain for the next thing. And you would set up Galactus who could be the next sort of long-term big bad for the MCU, which they're going to need. So I think that would be my 
with everything that we have at our disposal, my most comic booky way of introducing those characters to the MCU. And that's the end of that chapter. <laughs> I was thinking it. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do something a little bit different this week. We're going to have two surprise questions, and they're both coming from me. And when we <laughs> That did, is different. And when we did a little bit, and when we didn't it? do it all. So we're going to go with the one that we did a little bit. And the question is, who's your ideal casting for Wolverine? Robin. <laughs> and you can't say Glenn Danzig. Danny DeVito, final answer. No. <laughs> I mean, who else do you pick? I don't want someone like Hugh Jackman. I would love it if Doctor Strange bounces into a reality where Danny DeVito is an old Wolverine that's a sequel from the Wolverine Origins movie, and he's just Danny DeVito sitting in a chair with knives taped to his hand. <laughs> that's what I would want. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I want that. Uh-huh. I want a guy, I want Danny DeVito who thinks he's Wolverine, but he's really just out of his mind and taped knives to his hands. <laughs> and he thinks he's a superhero. Mm-hmm. Final answer. I I don't know, like, in, innately, who is who is Wolverine? Who is Wolverine? Because then, you like, are you comparing it to Hugh Jackman Wolverine or are you trying to be comic book Wolverine? Uh, and then, like, who's going to do the character justice? Where I feel like Hugh Jackman did the character justice where he was like you know i care but i'm also like kind of in it for me uh and i'm a badass you know but he's still kind of a good guy at heart even though he's a little bit like rough and you know animalistic uh i want to say daniel day lewis because he really commits to a role but that wouldn't be a good wolverine i feel like he would make a good mutant character somebody that's really really crazy he'd make a good siler or something yeah i don't know It'd have to be someone we don't don't know because you are already so familiar with him. Like Ben Affleck as Batman. You know what I mean? Henry Cavill as Wolverine. He was just Superman. Pretty dumb. Yeah. Like No one wants that. That wouldn't be good casting. So I don't know. I think I would have to go with like a more unknown, like akin to the Star Wars casting of like Ray and Finn and Poe. Like who are these people? You know, they're like relatively under the radar people. So you want a Oscar Isaac's Wolverine? Well, Oscar Isaac is already uh, Apocalypse. Recast, doesn't matter. Start fresh. No, no. I don't know. I, I don't have a good, I don't have a specific person, but I would like it to be unknown if possible. I would rather it be a younger version of Wolverine rather than like an established older version. When we meet Wolverine in X-Men, the 2000s original X-Men film, He's kind of already like old and like a dude, you know, like his whole story has already been told. Yep. And we do meet a young Wolverine for a brief period of time in Origins. And we do see Wolverine before X-Men 2000s, but we don't really see a, a young Wolverine, like literally young Wolverine. I don't know who can do it. You. I can grow pretty awesome sideburns, so I feel like I could if I wanted to. Listen, you are a young Unknown actor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. He's such a character. Like he's, it's difficult to cast iconic things. Exactly what you said earlier in the podcast of like in the 2000s, they got it pretty close. Except for Wolverine. Yeah, but he, why did he stick around for so long if he wasn't cast well? He wasn't, I mean, everyone fell in love with the character like you said earlier in the podcast, but he's not, it's not the right cast choice. Hugh Jackman, Whatever. He was Wolverine. Various cartoons, various other media. That's not gross. Wolverine. He's yeah. like short, stocky, Wolverine-y. You know, he's... Yeah, yeah. You're right. He's, whatever. He's kind of fat and hairy. Yeah. He's just like raised in the wild, just maniac. It wasn't good casting. The rest, I think, was pretty good, but just not Wolverine. But everyone... I mean, Hugh Jackman was Wolverine. Everyone loved the character. Everyone was sort of attracted to that. Uh, but yeah, that's a good question. Like who today, I, I can't think, I also can't think of anyone who meets that criteria. And I'm going to say cast X23. I'm going to say, I think that you could bring back Daphne Keene, who was the girl who played X23 in Logan. I think that's a good choice. But you have other Latina actresses Wow, so they're both Rodriguez's. Like Gina Rodriguez and Michelle Rodriguez, who are a little bit older, but I think could play the X-23 part really well. There are an infinite amount of other options, but 
I would just go that route. You have the opportunity to start fresh here, and you can introduce the character while also making Logan and thereby the past of X-Men if you want to do that canon. But I say go X-23. Sure. Yeah, do something different. What about Ron Swanson? (laughs) Nick Offerman? Yeah. No. He's not unknown. So if you... Uh, But he is... Danny DeVito. Did we already say that? Was that an argument? Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, yeah, I think I I did say that. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Offerman is a woodsy man, you know? Mm. You could get an actual, like, Canadian actor that might fit this description. Second surprise question. Who's your favorite X-Men? X-Man, X-Person. Who's your favorite X-Person? Robin. Do we count... What is that show that you... We stopped watching. Yeah, that counts. Does that count? What's his name? Um, Professor X Jr. Yeah. Oh, Legion? Yes. Oh, you should keep watching Legion. I, I, I would pick Legion. I think we'd probably have to start at the beginning again because I feel like Royce might not. Uh, uh, we can keep going. I was thinking about this the other day that we didn't keep up with it. Please keep going. I want to see the rest really bad. But if he counts, I would probably pick Legion because mm-hmm. that was the most interesting, yeah. I think. Oh, that's such a good show. If anyone out there likes the X-Men and has not watched Legion, please go watch Legion. It is a phenomenal show. And it's not just about... It's like, it's such a unique take on everything because he has... Because he was institutionalized for mental illness. So the entire show could be just a conversation about just an analogy or an allegory to mental illness. And is any of it real? Is any of the show real or is it all in his head? And it's just an amazing thought experiment of a show. Did you end up finishing it? I have not gotten through season three. How many are there? Four? There are three. I believe there are three seasons. Are there three or four? I thought there were four. If there are four, then I've gotten through three, but haven't gotten through four. So, uh, it's such a good show. We can pick it back up. Who's your favorite X-Men? X-Person. <laughs> All right, my favorite X-Person. I'm going to have to go with semi-cliche answer of Magneto. And we were talking about it earlier because Apocalypse was on TV last night as of recording this. Like, he's one character that they never really kind of screw up in the films, you know what I mean? At least for me. Like, he's always very powerful in his backstory, in his portrayal. He's the perfect dark side to the light side. At least in the X-Men film universe, they show him at some point to being, like, on the good guy's side, and you kind of get why he goes to the bad guy's side, because he's like, yo, man, they're not playing by the rules. Why should we play by the rules? I'm not going to play by the rules. I'm in it to win it, all right? So I'm going to do this for me Mm -hmm. and for my people. And then he's also oppressed by, you know, the Holocaust backstory and whatnot. So he's just such a strong character for me. And I think he's been played well by Ian McKellen and by Michael Fassler and Bender. And Magneto is my favorite X-Man, X-Person. Michael Fassbender, please insert Girder. (laughs) (laughs) There is a scene in X3, The Last Stand, where they have weaponized the cure and they're having the final battle. And Magneto, I think, says his you homo sapiens and your guns line. And then he goes to take their guns, but their guns are made out of plastic, which is as terrible as that movie. I saw that at the I went to the midnight premiere of that movie that that I think that began the long stint of terrible midnight premieres of superhero movies that I went to. It was either that or Spider-Man 3. But as terrible as that movie was up until that point, all you, like, you don't need to do much research into comic book history to know that Magneto just senses the metal in stuff. In two, he's like, there's too much iron in in your your blood. blood. (laughs) He would have known that they're plastic gut. Anyway, so... They got him wrong sometimes, is my point. Who's my favorite X-Man? Man. Who's your favorite X-Person? X-Person? Thank you. Uh, Nightcrawler is just the best. He's the best. In the comic books, he's the best. In the movies, he's the best. In all the cartoons, the various cartoons, he's the best. I love Nightcrawler. He's just... Of my list of tattoo plans, there is a Nightcrawler tattoo planned. God, he's so good. There's a... X-Men cartoon, I think it's Wolverine and the X-Men cartoon, where uh, Nightcrawler, I think he's on Genosha. He can only teleport to where he can see. So he like teleports across the ocean, one 
like viewpoint at a time to get back to like the mainland or the X mansion or something. It is so good. He's such a great character. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I really like the X-Men. So before we wrap up, I would like to say that X-Men is my favorite superhero franchise. Mm -hmm. If that counts as its own thing. Yeah. I just Do you love want a third surprise question. That's no, not no it's, no, it's not a surprise question. All I'm right. just I'm just inserting a little epilogue into the <laughs> <laughs> into the podcast. Everyone, Robin's laughing at us. Her mic just doesn't work because it's pointed at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but the X-Men are the perfect, like everybody can relate to the X-Men. And lots of superhero backstories people can relate to, but the X-Men are the perfect, like. Are you growing up and don't know where you fit into the world? Well, that's the X-Men. Like, none of the X-Men ever felt like they fit in and they're outcasts, but all the outcasts come together. It's way cooler than Superman. Well, like, Superman's freaking perfect. We can go. Let's... Batman was born into, like, a billionaire thing. Uh, yeah, you could nitpick it, but the X-Men is very relatable on a very human level to me. Everyone has flaws. Everyone is different, but the X-Men is very inclusive. You want to talk about X-People? That's literally what the X-Men is about to me. Thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> no, wait. I want to just, I want to touch on that because they were created as an allegory to, I, I believe, gay oppression in America. And then it's continued from there. But yes, it's a very relatable group in that regard to any oppressed people. So something I really love about comic books is stuff like that. And when people like you take away stuff like that from comic book identities like that. I think that's great. All right, is that the show? I think that's the show. Thanks for listening to the Krypton to Alderaan podcast. If you would like to reach out to us, you can hit us up on Twitter at Krypton Alderaan or on Gmail, Krypton to Alderaan at gmail.com. Hey, and wherever you're listening from, Spotify, iTunes, Pod Beam, Pod Racer Beam. Leave us a review. The Maximum Stars. Hey, we're also on YouTube. We recently started posting editorial videos to our YouTube channel, Krypton to Alderaan. Search that on YouTube or look in maybe the show notes if Joey includes them. I will. Uh, it might be mostly Star Wars, but check it out. You can find us now on YouTube. Search Krypton to Alderaan. That's A L D E R. A-A-N. I've been Robin. Then I've been Joey. I've been Royce. And we've been the Chris Joe Rogan Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll make it work.